Welcome to Lillipod episode 15, Sherry Braithwaite and the Dating Olympics. Jeff and Kathy Teichert bringing you another episode of Lillipod, which is a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. We are so excited to have Sherry Braithwaite with us today. She is the owner and founder of the Dating Olympics and a mid-single herself. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. <laughs> Sherry, uh, do you want to tell us anything more me. about yourself, uh, education? You know, um, you're a mid-single. That's another thing we should. Yeah. And uh, you and I have talked about this before, but for the benefit of our audience, how do you feel about dating? I hate dating, <laughs> actually, <laughs> to be honest. I, um, anyway, I, it feels to me like um, constant, uh, I'm, I'm constantly in interviews and always on in the spotlight, which I don't, I, ironically enough, don't like to be on the spotlight. I don't like um, being um, analyzed or judged. So I feel like that's what dating is. That's, that's how it has, my experience has been. Okay, yeah, now, like now the, the next logical question is, why would someone who feels this way about dating start an organization called the Dating Olympics to promote it? Well, be, that's a great question. And I think it's because there are, a lot of people that feel the way that I feel about dating. And I, I know that the reason that we feel this way, it's not because we're basing it on truth. I don't, I really don't think it, it really is like interviews. And I think it's, I think it has to do with me, with us. And I am aware that it, a lot of it is mindset and a lot of it is um, just thinking in it, things in a different way and maybe even finding people that we have things in common with. Maybe we're just barking up the wrong tree in some cases. So I think it's an easy fix to be able to, um, to enjoy dating and to ultimately find the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, so I just, I like to make it fun. I, I, if I'm having challenges and I, I um, maybe some um, trials, I always look to see what can I learn from this or how can I make it enjoyable? <laughs> and this is, this is my way for, the, for dating is to help others to um, ha have fun dating and to get through these fears and anxieties and insecurities that we all have around it. And it, I think actually it's a pretty good solution. <laughs> well, it, you've alluded, I guess, to the answer to the next question um, already some, but I'd like to hear you elaborate on it a little bit more. And that is, okay. why do you hate dating, at least as you understand it right now? Yeah, I, I think it is the, um, the, a lot of it is the pressure to impress, um, but there is enough 
I guess I have enough confidence now. It's been a lot of years since I've been dating. I have been on a few dates since my divorce, which was three years ago, but um, I, I just, I, lo- I don't have interest <laughs> in right now. I haven't for the last few years. And um, anyway, I think it, it is just the pressure of having to impress and um, having to go through all the sorting out of, is this person someone that is going to like me and am I gonna like them? And and if I like them, is it is it deceptive or, you know, there's just all that. I just, I would love to be able to just, to just meet someone that I click with and not have to go through all the dating stuff. And, and I've always felt like this. So I might, I might be kind of unique. I don't know, but I, even when You're I, definitely when I unique. got married, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people like to date. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. But I have, before I got married, I, um, he was the same way, thankfully. And so we do, we got to know each other. And this is what I like about the process, the way that I like to do it is, is naturally a lot more naturally in natural settings. I want to get to know them with their family and friends. I want to see how they react and act around people and how they treat me in different circumstances. Um, I don't, because a lot of times I don't trust or believe that um, that maybe they're being honest all the time. I can ask them a million questions and they can always have the right answers, but really getting to know them and feeling safe to trust them. I need to um, be, be around them in different ways. So I, my preference is just, just hang out a little with family and friends and get to know them in other ways. And then um, when I get married, don't, don't, have, don't do the, hey, you wanna go out with a total stranger kind of experience, <laughs> so. Yeah, well. I mean, we, we get that. And the next question we were going to ask is, is how to make dating more authentic, because it sounds like you don't like the superficial part of it. Um, you know, trying to impress the other person and maybe some fears about knowing the end from the beginning and all of that. Uh, but you want it to happen more naturally. And, and I think the answer to that might be authenticity. But how how is it possible in your mind to create that authenticity in an intentional way? Um, I think it is spending time together in different circumstances, um, church groups, and I love group dates because I can see my date around other people and I can see other guys that are in the group and, and how they relate with their dates and other women. I can, I, it's, it's a, it's a way for me to um, feel comfortable and not, you know, not the pressured one-on-one. I also like the the dinners that they do, um, Sunday dinners. Sometimes they'll get together and and you can just see their spirituality. You can see, um, anyway, that kind of thing. It's funny, Kathy and I, um, we actually broke up at one point when we were dating and stayed broken up for a year, um, but we remained friends. We didn't, we didn't, you know, have that breakup deliberately. Uh, I mean, I guess we did because we did break up, but it wasn't like thinking, okay, well, we'll break up and then we'll get back together later. It wasn't thought out like that. But I know Kathy has always felt like a guy that could not be friends with her after breaking up, she wonders whether they were sincere in the first place. Um, yeah. And that doesn't, I'm not suggesting that people go out and break up with somebody just to see how they'll respond. 
But I do think when your relationship is tested in certain ways, maybe their authentic self shows itself more. And those moments probably will happen whether you break up or not. Do you have anything on that, Kathy? Well, I think like Sherry, I was given the opportunity to know you in more casual settings with a lot less pressure. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, and I have a question for you, Jeff. What's that? <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah. So how do, how do women and men differ in that? Is that a women and man thing? Or is it, uh, is it just a personality thing? Are, are Kathy and I just, are we alike because we're female? Or is it because um, we're just kind of the same personality? That's I don't a- know. I wonder, men don't seem to be <laughs> embarrassed and uncomfortable with the pressure. That's a good question. I, I, I will tell you what I, what I think, and I think Kathy should answer that too, but for one thing, men are microwaves and women are slow cookers. Do you think that's true? I do. <laughs> um, I think that men see what they want. They're very visual. And I'm not saying they make the judgment totally on that, but the attraction is immediate. Whereas for most women, I think it takes them a while to warm up to, oh, I really think this guy's attractive or whatever. And, you know, like you've talked about wanting to get to know him sort of slowly in a natural kind of way. And a man's like, okay, when do we get to make out? You know, um, <laughs> and I think, I, I think it's funny. I mean, getting into the mid-single dating world, um, it was much more like, college than I would have guessed in in that way um <laughs> like nothing much had changed um, <laughs> other than maturity yeah maybe. I think what did you say I didn't hear what you said I said I nothing else much had changed other than maybe maturity oh yeah <laughs> wisdom you know little from life experience well and and well, I can you know, see how- sorry tr- try that again I, I think, think your voice cut out a little bit I just said, I think that's a good thing because a little bit of pressure is good. Otherwise we would never, if we, if we follow the lead of the woman that is wanting to go slow and natural for 20 years, we might be, that might be how it would always go. But the man, maybe one of them has to have a little bit of pressure to say, okay, let's, you know, anyway, a little more the attraction part for sure. Needs to be driven by the man. (laughs) Why our differences can complement. I I think men and women together do complement and the thing is, I mean, we, Kathy and I have noticed this um, in our relationship, she is the anchor and I'm the sail. And there, that has so many different manifestations, but just like, you know, before the program, we're talking and Kathy's planning everything. And I'm like, oh, we're planning too much. This needs to be more spontaneous, you know? Well, that's just, I mean, in everything we do in love and later years, it's like that. She wants to do everything very planned and I want to make it natural and spontaneous. And um, we're a good team that way. (laughs) But we balance each other a little bit. You know, I plan more than I would and she um, tries to be more spontaneous than she might. And we sort of, you know, balance each other like that. It worked. That's awesome. Um, So anyway, but, you know, and I don't know that that's a male-female thing. That's the two of us, but. I agree. I think it's more um, of a personality or, you know, characteristic thing. Another thing I guess I have have found as a difference between 
um, men and women is their, their experience for those that have been divorced, their experience tends to be very different. Um, especially in the church, I think a lot of men feel ostracized in a way and they're treated with a lot of suspicion. Oh, he must have been into porn or he must have had an affair or whatever. And what did he do to that poor woman, you know? And I think a lot of women are treated with great compassion. And, and that's something I frankly would like to see our culture change. Um, it isn't our nice. job to judge who was at fault in a divorce. It's to support both people and love both people and, you know, realize that the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. So. No, yeah, I, that's good. I agree. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, so this is kind of a big question, but I think it's an important one. And I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it. In our experience, the struggle for mid-singles in dating has been or was wanting a loving relationship, but simultaneously experiencing pain and fear as a result of broken relationships and marriages in the past and other disappointments in love. And so we'd like your perspective. How can mid-singles work through that and approach dating in a courageous way and, and, and maybe create some of that natural authenticity that you want? Yeah, I love that question. I have, there's a couple of things that I, some of my perspectives that I have that, that helps me, but um, <laughs> I, I might, I don't know, I might be too far on one end. I'm really good at moving on. I'm, I, for some reason, my heart has been, um, I guess, I don't know if it's strengthened or calloused enough, but I, I still can love someone and care for them and be grateful for the time that we spent, but it, but if they are not, if they're not in it with me, then I'm fine to move on. And my perspective for that is that I'm not going to waste my time with someone else's husband. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I really don't waste my time with that. So I, and I also, it's really important to me. One of the things that are, I think the, the quality or characteristic of this the person that I will spend my life with the rest of my life is someone who um, loves me as much as I love him. And, um, and I think that there's no sense in trying to convince them that they are that person. <laughs> so I, and that might be maybe part of the, the part of the dating that I, that I might not like so much is because I, I know that not everyone is gonna like me as much as I like them. And um, maybe that, that insecurities are coming out in that, that, that I just wonder if there is someone that's gonna like me as much as I like them. So anyway, that's a, um, and how do I don't you know tell? if that's helpful, that's your question. How can I tell if they like me? If they like you, yeah, in the way that you like them. Um, I, my number one, I guess, uh, gauge is how much they respect my personal boundaries. Um, that wasn't the case for my, for my marriage when we were dating. Um, boundaries was not important to me at all. And um, so I think that if I have something that is important to me um, and they don't respect it, then I, I don't think that they're into me as much as I am into them because I always will, I will try my hardest. I will always do my best to respect their boundaries. And I think that's a good sign. If you respect someone and you like them, you're going to um, do what makes them comfortable or, you know, anyway, so 
I don't know if that's too vague, but I can give you an example if that helps. <laughs> yeah, it would help actually. Okay. I did, I went out with someone um, shortly after my, not after my divorce, but maybe six months or a year after my divorce. And, um, and I, he wanted to come to my house and just watch a movie or hang out. And I told them that I'm not comfortable um, with guys at my house and you know, introducing my daughter. I don't want, I don't want to be dating my daughter there. She's nine years old at the time. And um, I was, I was not okay with that. And he, he, he was um, very critical of that and just thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever heard of. <laughs> so I just figured, well, he's not into me. He's not, he doesn't, we don't have the same respect. We don't have, we don't have the same ideals, but that's just one example. But I didn't, I didn't lament about that. And I didn't, um, you know, cry too much over that one, but it would have been nice if he did respect that. And we could have gotten to know each other in a different way. And then when I felt comfortable with bringing him to meet my daughter, then that could have worked. But that's just, that's, I don't know if that's kind of a weird example, but that's what I'm talking about. Something that was important to me. And if you were to, if he would have said, um, I can tell that, that, you know, you're, that's really important to you. And so if I can figure out another way to, to get to know you, then I will do that. So that would, that would show me so that he's into me as much as I am. Flexibility and respect your, is really important to you. Yeah. yeah. And so it's interesting because if I were to gauge whether a person liked me as much as them, I would base it on their level of taking charge of our time together, that they show as much yeah. interest in, in togetherness as I do, that there's a balance with that. And it, and I'm sure other people, yeah. other mid-singles have different ideas of what would constitute an equal liking, an equal partnership that would work. Yes, the love languages that we have or something, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I want to complicate your life for just a second. Now, oh, great. <laughs> let's, let's use your, the boundary that you talked about, not wanting to introduce someone to your daughter too soon, or, or let's take something physical, you know, how, whatever line you might draw. Yeah. How do you know if he's respecting that boundary because he respects you versus he's just not that interested? Oh, that's a good question. I just think there, I think, I just think, you know, if he's not calling me, he's not interested. <laughs> that's how, I mean, I, I, I put everything in, in his court at the first of my relationships. It's, it's, I it hasn't always been that way. I learned the hard way that, you know, I used to think, well, I should be in this 50% and he should know that I like him, but it's complete change now. I'm completely different in that area where, yeah, I will just, if he's not calling or texting me or whatever, he's not, if he can't invest time in me, then he's not interested. And I would be, I wouldn't just assume that that's, a, I think another important thing to know or to think about is that sometimes we assume these things, maybe he is interested and maybe he's just thinking, oh, she's just too busy or, or she, whatever that like, we can, I don't think we should ever leave anything up to assumptions, but, um, I would just let him know that I would, you know, I, I would love to, um, I don't know, get together sometime or there are some fun things going on. If you ever want to do anything, just let me know. I would put it out there for him to know that I would be open to accepting any invitations, but I would not, I would not initiate the get getting together unless 
we were unless we'd been dating for a while I don't know what a while is yet but a couple months maybe or a month that seems like a fair trade-off where you are willing to put forth the effort to let them know you're interested and then allow them to participate yeah I think it's a real I wouldn't want to leave anything sorry you cut out again can you repeat that uh, we delay a little. I'm sorry. I just said, I just don't think it's good to ever leave anything up for assumption. I think we should always be open in our communication. Mm-hmm. And and I'm good at being honest too, that not so blunt that I would say, I like you, but I would say, yeah, and I've, I've been really busy, but I really would like to do something with you sometime. Let's try and fit it in, you know, something like that I would still be open and honest. Kathy could tell you I was that blunt. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> Um, and I think it's for the man. I personally, I think it's great for the man. I don't know why I'm more traditional with that. Well, a lot of men are not that way. They they yeah. are afraid of scaring her off, or and then their egos are fragile, and so they're not going to say they like you until they're pretty sure you like the, them too. And, yeah. And to, honestly, I think that's part of the problem. Uh, and maybe that's part of the reason you say you hate dating is that so often it's about trying to guess. And yeah. I mean, you know, uh, overshooting. <laughs> there, there, this may come as a shock to the women out there and even to you, but I've heard men get together just like women do and parse every word some girl said to them at the ward linger longer. Uh, you know, during a five minute conversation and do this for an hour or more. Uh, you know, <laughs> what did this little nuance awesome. mean? And, they might not be happy with you revealing that. <laughs> well, I'm not naming names, but. Um, no, no. You hear though that happens on both sides. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, so I am with you on that. I think honesty is important. And honestly, for me, Dating was much easier in my 40s than in my 20s. And I I would not have guessed that. But the reason it was Mm -hmm. is I was way more comfortable in my own skin. Um, And I could handle rejection if it happened. And it didn't happen all that much. But, you know, it was everybody experiences that I think if you date for any length of time. And uh, for me, you know, that when I was in college if I asked a girl for a date and she turned me down my gosh all I could do for the next three hours is stare at the wall horrified about oh my gosh what must people think and whatever right but then after you experience the rejection of a divorce after many many years of your life dedicating your life to someone and that just seems like nothing nothing. we're warriors now (laughs) we can handle any kind of rejection now well maybe not any but more than we do before, for sure yeah it's it's it puts things into it's a good. different perspective really I mean we we know speaking yeah. of divorce that you that you have a good relationship with your former husband and we we respect and admire that but how have you dealt with the pain you know that almost inevitably occurs around a separation and divorce that's a really good question I actually um, I, I, when I look at it was, it, <laughs> um, and I did all my healing in those years, that, that was when I searched my soul to the, the highest degree that I could. And, and, um, 
pleaded with the Lord to, to, to show me um, how I can, how I can create this marriage that I've always had in my heart to, to have. And um, I, that's when I went to, I spent thousands of dollars and, and hours in um, going to the self-help seminars and workshops and, and books that they have and, and support groups and, I, and therapy, everything that, that you can think of to, to try and, and save this marriage that was, was not really marriage. It was, it was um, the completely disconnected in so many ways. And so I think that answers your question, but all of my healing was done at the last few years of my marriage. And that is when I, I dealt with the pain of the loss. I, I, was, I accepted that the loss of our marriage, the loss of our, our unity, the loss of, our, um, of my hopes of having this, this um, united, loving, celestial marriage, it was all during those years. So when I, was, when I got divorced, there was definitely pain, but um, very few regrets, I think. Um, and, and not a lot of, there was not a lot of bitterness. I just reached the point when, when we, I finally reached the point when I realized this is not, he's not on, in the same, in the same, going the same direction. And it's, it's not going to, um, work <laughs> that when I finally let it go or let it, or cut the ties officially or legally, it, um, it just felt right. And it was, it lifted a burden from my shoulders. And so for me, the divorce was more of a, it was peace. That was the peace that I had been praying for, for years. And I have, I've never felt more, more peace in all of my life in all the 13 years that I was married than I did the last few years of, of just being at one with God and seeking his, his guidance and his approval and <laughs> whatever else. So that a lot of it is definitely turning to Christ and, and, um, healing, letting him heal me through that, through my experiences. That is an amazing, amazing story. And thank you for sharing that journey. It sounds like you entered mid-single, the mid-single world with a lot of healing already having taken place and a lot of acceptance of your situation. If I can yes. read between the lines just a tad with that also, it you had mentioned earlier that one of the things that's important to you uh, going forward in dating is you want the other person to care about you as much as you care about them. And it sounds like maybe that really wasn't the case in your marriage, that there was a lot of effort on your part to try to develop the kind of relationship that you had dreamed of. And, and maybe he wasn't on the same page with that and which kind of a heartbreaking thought, you know, uh, but that's, you know, that's uh, something I learned as well that one person can't have enough love for two. And, yeah. you know, I think sometimes in relationships, we really like this person and we almost think we can make them like us or love us. And my experience is yeah. you just can't, that's their agency and their, <laughs> you can only do your own half yeah. of the relationship. Am I, am I on the right track there? Sort of, I do want I thank you for asking me for that. I want to clarify um, because I do want to make sure that it's clear that um, just for, for his defense, he would say that he does love, he does, he still does love me. He loved me and he still yeah, does. Sure. And, uh, 
And, but the connection, whether it's my inability to connect or his inability or just the way that we are so different in, um, in our, I guess, the eternal goals or there just was so much that was not allowed. So what I'm saying, I guess, to make it long story short is that, that we just, I just realized that we're so different that we really are not the match that I thought we were. And he will be a great match for someone else. He's, he's, he will be a great husband for someone else and I will be for someone else too. So I, I um, but it was not, I can just say, it was not safe for me to stay in the marriage anymore. Um, I, I was not safe in any way, not because he was an abusive or um, a horrible person, but because of our differences because of, because there, because what I needed was not found through him. <laughs> and I, I hope that doesn't sound too negative, but. No, that's, that's not it. You're yeah. saying that you felt like you weren't compatible in that way. It sounds. In like any it. way, like there was a lot of weight. Yeah. And, and I, maybe I just, I, I was, I tolerated a lot more younger. And when we first got married, I think that might be a lot of what it is. I didn't have the personal boundaries, like I mentioned at the beginning of our, of our discussion. And when I started setting these boundaries and through my self image and my um, realizing this, that I want to have um, the same respect that I give to others, I, I was setting boundaries and that, and that was not sliding with him. And so it was causing me to feel unsafe in a lot, a lot of ways. So I think it was me waking up to who I am and what kind of maybe what I deserve to have in a relationship, but not so much. It, it wasn't so much that I was, um, you know, lopsided in that. I just, I feel like it was a healthy dose of, of self-image and and a healthy dose also of selflessness as well um but it still was imbalanced with that so anyway yeah that yeah. all makes sense thank you for sharing how have you grown from your divorce um for you sure closer to god closer to god for sure yeah for sure mm -hmm. Yes. And um, independent. <laughs> I've never really been independent. I have, um, and I, I now I'm, I live in a house and I own a house and I'm um, doing everything it takes to, to take care of my house and my daughter and single mom and, and meals and managing, organizing my life, running a business, going to school, homeschool, my yard, my, all the things I'm, I'm managing um, is also helping me to be more um, just, I guess, more productive in my life, more industrious. And um, the independence really is huge because I don't, I don't depend on someone else to come to my rescue and I don't give up on anything just because I don't, I can't figure it out. I'll just figure it out. And, and um, <laughs> a lot of times that, that becomes bigger problems because I don't quite have it all figured out and then it causes more problems. But I'm working on it and it's helping me to helping me to expand my skills and my 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 resources as well. I think that those are probably the biggest ways. That's awesome. On the independence thing, can you also make yourself happy? Yes. Yes, thank you. And that's the emotional piece. Yes, I don't depend on someone else for my happiness. That's huge. And I was depending on someone else for my happiness who was very 
unhappy. He was very, very miserable person, not person, but his, that it was not happy. So, um, that was a lot, a lot brought me down. So I'm, yes, I'm happy on my own, but I'm also surrounding myself with people that are inspiring and, and support that too. I mean, we think that's, we've talked about this a lot, so I'm speaking for us together, but we think that it's really important to be able to make yourself happy and be independent in that way. Because if, if I'm going through something at the moment and I really want Kathy to talk about it, or, you know, I need her attention or something, um, she might be in that same space where, you know, she has to do some self-care or something in that moment. Yeah. And for me, I, I know because I was single long enough, I can go off and read a book. I can meditate. I can pray. I can sing. There's all kinds of strategies I have for shifting my mood uh, that I can do without her help. And her help is always nice when it's available, but uh, when it's not, I'm okay, you know, and I think if yeah. you're not, if you really have a lot of angst about that other person needs to do X, Y, and Z at A, B, and C times, um, or I'm not going to be happy, that overloads the relationship pretty quickly. Yes, I agree. So yeah, I, I thought of that recently too, that, that it, I, I know maybe men want to feel needed, and that might be something that would be a challenge for me is that I don't, I would probably in all honesty say, I don't need to have a man, but I would love to have one by my side. I would love to have him helping me with the garden and the pets and the, the cleaning if he wants to, that I just would love to have that companion, but, but I don't, I won't depend on him if that's what a man needs. You probably wouldn't like me too much. <laughs> you know, I actually think that as people, we want to be wanted. Right. And yeah. actually, if we're not needed, then we know we're wanted in a relationship that's committed. Yeah. C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, makes that point very powerfully toward the end of the story. Yeah. And sometimes the it. desire to be needed is, is really kind of an egotistical desire. It's like, I want to know that she needs me because if she needs me, she won't leave me or she won't, you know, it's an insecurity. Right. The and wanting piece helps you feel more loved and connected, I believe. But there's also a greater risk because that person isn't relying on you. They're wanting yeah. you and it's a choice and it always should be. That's true. So that relationship will be much more beautiful than the needing either one. I mean, I, I've seen marriages to people close to me, and I'm not going to say who they are, obviously, but people that I've known well, even on the inside of their marriage, where um, typically it's been the woman would love to divorce her husband, but feels like she can't do it financially and raise her kids and all of that. And so she sticks it out in a relationship that's really pretty horrible in a lot of ways um because she needs financial support and i've seen that myself and i personally have always wanted financial security for one reason and that is options and including in the option of okay being in a healthy relationship and not having money rule it and 
And yeah. so, and that's something, that's another, I guess, aspect really of being wanted rather than needed is to have that even financial yeah. independence. If I'm the man in that situation, and it could be reversed, I've seen situations where they're, the man feels like he needs the woman for various reasons too. But, but um, if I'm the man in the situation I just described, I, I think we can do better than, boy, glad she needs me financially because she'd be out of here. You know, I think we can do better than that. And um, we like to listen to Jody Moore sometimes. And she talks about how the attitude we should take for marriage is this person is there for me to love. And yes. if that's our expectation, we're probably going to remain intentionally in love with our spouse despite their human yes. flaws and failings and whatever. Well, and you mentioned yes, your self-worth like, grew as, as a, in the process of, of healing from your divorce and becoming a mid-single. Um, I was just thinking as that grew, that, that love that you have for yourself uh, becomes what you need as a single person and can become what you also need in a marriage. And so therefore everything that comes from your spouse, from your, from your kids, from your friends is like a bonus. You know, the love is something yeah. we can have inside of us as, as, and it's not independent of us. And therefore everything offered to us in love from other people is, is just a really wonderful uh, treat, you know, a, a wonderful, surprise see why i married her she is so wise and really awesome <laughs> yes i can see why that is <laughs> awesome that's cool i love that you said that kathy do you mind me just saying a little bit more to that too yeah please um, that's, this that's the point <laughs> okay is that um when i got to the point where i liked myself i it didn't matter what anyone else was saying about me um, I, I remember the, even the moment when I realized that the way that I feel about myself is, um, is what it took for me to feel healthy because, um, the treatment that was not, did not change, but I was able to stick up for myself and I never in the past had been able to. And I, and I even said, um, I, I know that that's something that you've, that you've thought about me for a lot of years, but, um, but this is this is the truth. This is how it. This is how it really. This is how I really am, and um, I just I stood up for myself. And that and from that point, there was never anything negative spoken of me again. Well, to me, I should say maybe of me to other people. But but the the dy the, the um the dynamics and the the way that I that he spoke to me was or she was <laughs> revealing who it was, but it, um, it completely changed the way that I was treated by that person. So, you know, I love that you I had that. the self image that said, like, yeah. Yeah. I really love that you brought that up because we've, we've learned that life is a mirror and whatever other people are saying is, a, is, is at least to some degree a reflection of how we're thinking and feeling and the energy we hold inside. 
And the fact that as soon as you made that change and you saw, saw this huge shift in what other people were saying and doing, that is such a manifestation of that truth. Yeah, to add to that, yes, so Don Miguel Ruiz wrote a book, uh, international bestseller called The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've heard of it, but he also wrote a wonderful I've heard book. Of it. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. You have read it? He, he also wrote- I haven't a, read it, but I have heard of it. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Uh, he also wrote a wonderful book called The Mastery of Love. And in that book, he, he says that every person abuses themselves to some degree. And that our level of self-abuse is the threshold at which we'll let someone else abuse us. But when they exceed how much we'll abuse ourselves, that's when we'll start to notice and say, mm -hmm. hey, not putting up with it. Yes. And uh, yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. I love that. It's so good. So a, a related question to what we've been talking about, but I, I think you can elaborate more here in what ways did your first marriage and your experience in divorce prepare you for a better love in the future? Um, I would say I had, I entered the marriage with expect, different expectations that were not realistic. And, um, and from my experiences in my marriage, I realized what is authentic and what is, um, what is celestial marriage? I guess I would, I would say that's only for lack of a better word. Um, just what is ideal marriage? And um, because it wasn't there and, and I don't know, I guess it's what I didn't have. I, I learned what I could have, but you know, what's interesting is I've always had in my heart um, this, this relationship that is, it's still in my mind and my heart. And when I got married, I thought, well, maybe that was, maybe that was not realistic. That expectation of having um, this ideal person, ideal relationship, but um, it's still in my heart. And I still feel like it's, it's going to, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain because I just kind of, um, I just kind of overspoke what I was saying, but <laughs> well, actually, I, I have, have <laughs> I want to ask you a follow-up on that, and hopefully this will help you clear it up. But I'm yes. interested in having you explain what that celestial marriage would look like for you. What, what you envision, what kind of type of man, what type of interaction, you know, just all of that. Well, just very simply, um, I've always had in my heart someone who loved God with all of his heart, like that, how the way that I feel about God and who loves me with all of his heart, because that's the kind of love I have. So just to love God and love me um, with someone who loves God, uh, that will also come with uh, everything that comes with that. <laughs> there's, you know, obeying, obeying the prophet and keeping the commandments and there's keeping the Sabbath day holy and there's loving your brothers and sisters and scriptures and, and seeking God's will, all of that that comes with loving God. Um, and I would, I would love to have someone that is on the same page with me of that, because that is the very most important thing in my life of, of all things that I'm investing in is my relationship with God. So three of us in, together in a relationship is the most important. So if I don't feel like, if I feel like there's disconnection in any of the, either is our relationship or the relationship between him and God or, or 
me and him, then, then yeah, that's, that's where it feels disconnect. I don't know if that's so, gambling too much. That's what I, <laughs> that's so what the I common sort of theme is connectedness with you and with God. Yes. Um, yeah. So what do you think a mid single can do to prepare for a relationship when he or she is not currently in one? Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I personally, I just think for sure that independence is what I'm working on. Um, and independent enough that I, like I, like I was saying before, I, I, I can do things without depending on other people and not, and also, um, emotional regulation, <laughs> being able to manage your own emotions is, is huge as well to not depend on someone else to manage them for you. But, um, I don't know, that's probably the two biggest things I would think. And, and God, and I, I would, that's, that's three. <laughs> if they're not, if heart is not in line with God and God's will, then it just, it doesn't, I don't think it will ever, I don't think it works. I don't think life works. That's my personal opinion. My personal experience is that when your heart is in line with God and God's will, things fall into place the way that they should. There's that's a plan beautiful. for you. Those three things. Yeah. I, I just came up with those, so I'm going to have to write those down so I don't forget them. <laughs> I, I think you should. That was a little moment of inspiration. Mm -hmm. So my, independent. It might be my goals. Yep. Independent. What I say? Independent. Emotional regulation. And the relationship with God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go awesome. with those. Those are the three yeah. things. Yeah. And, and that, <laughs> I think sometimes having, having some clarity about what, what is most important to us makes the whole process of dating and meeting people and trying them on for size a little bit simpler you know yeah because there might be a lot of preferences about hair color or height or whatever that aren't maybe as important to you that you're willing to be flexible about as long as you have those three main things yeah that's true and i actually I, I would put emotional regulation in independence, emotional independence. So I might even just say independence and in relationship with God. Yeah, those almost go together a little bit too. Yeah. With some kind of self-mastery mm -hmm. component. Yeah. Well, I think you're right, Kathy. In fact, I do have, I've been thinking about that as well, um, especially with the dating Olympics, because well, do you mind if I <laughs> talk yeah, about please that? Go into we're, we're going there actually. I just was, I've been thinking about that a lot, obviously, and who will be in the, in this, this group of people, my very first group, I'm so excited to see who comes to it and who um, contributes and, you know, the, the difference of the differences, who they are, that there's going to be age differences, there, there will be um, probably maybe differences in um, personalities, most likely. Um, but the whole purpose of it is to, I mean, not the whole purpose, but the focus will be to um, to learn and grow within yourself and see how you relate with other people. It's not necessarily a, a you know an end goal that you'll meet someone in this course, but you really likely may. But um, the idea is to get rid of all those things. So there will be people that are in here who might be 35 years old and people that are 55 or 60. And they may need to consider if this is something that is a, a big deal to date someone that's a couple of years, couple of years older than me. But um, 
they, they still will be allowed to set their parameters for sure, things that are most important. But we'll also talk about um, is that is that stopping you from having this this relationship that, of your dreams? Um, what if this person that you have in your mind and your heart <laughs> has taken more years to mature? and they might be a few years older but um but that's that's just an example but anyway yeah i i do i think that's important to let go of some of the parameters that we have to at least at least for the five weeks that we're in the course that's what we will encourage people to at least consider what are your parameters and how might they be stopping you from having what you want you know i'm so glad you brought that up and when we can be open-minded with the things that are less important we do open up our options. And uh, for instance, Jeff and I were a little bit outside of each other's age range, um, but it really didn't matter. And it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, we're 11 months and 11, or no, 11, 11 years, years and 11 months different. So almost 12 years. And that was a little wider span than either one of us expected. Um, but believe it or not, we have very, very similar life experiences. We've both yeah. married twice before, and this is our third time to our marriage. Yeah. And we've both uh, lost a sibling to death. Mm. Uh, we both have family science degrees, believe it or not, <laughs> yeah. uh, independent of each other before we came together. Uh, yeah. And we've, I think we did mature in a lot of ways from those life experiences in similar ways, and we relate a lot. And we want a lot of the same things like you were talking about. We want the connected, the very connected marriage, which we have. And, you know, that continues to deepen, but we both wanted that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think, you know, being, being very clear on what you want, like you were just talking about. Um, I remember a date I had with a very beautiful woman smart and we had a good connection too we could relate to each other really easily and toward the end of the time we spent together she said one thing you ought to know i'm i'm not active in the church and i don't have any plans to become active in the church and mm -hmm. for some people that may not have been a big deal but for me i wanted a temple marriage and i wanted to have to be active in the church and have um, a marriage where we could do that together. And we talked about it and we just sort of reluctantly decided we're, we're not a match. You know, uh, we, uh, we're still friends. I mean, I, I am friends with her on Facebook and Kathy's knows her and stuff. It's, um, but we realized, yeah, we like and respect each other, but we're not the right companions for yeah. each other. And I had similar dis incompatibilities where our level of interest in the gospel was different enough that it was going to be frustrating for both of us. And so that, um, you know, and that, that will matter more to some people than others, but in our book, well, intentional courtship coming out in a couple of months, we, we actually have an entire chapter dedicated to, what you're looking for. And we do encourage people to narrow it down to the most important three or three to five things. Um, well, and good. then to leave their minds open, like you said, and like you'd encourage dating Olympians to do, to leave all the rest open. Because yeah. you never know if what might show up in your life is better for you than you could imagine. 
Yes. And I agree. And you know, it's funny that I have to just mention this, um, you two being coaches in this program that I'm doing, um, have encouraged me to open up my mind to the age limit, which I thought was awesome. I appreciate that. I was wanting to do the age range from 40 to 55. And so, um, that just because the ages are closer and everyone in that age range would probably have more be happier, satisfied with their options. But you both told me that the prophet married someone who's what, 20 years away from 26. 26. 26 years. Oh my she, gosh. She's actually and, younger uh, than his oldest child. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, and I would never judge that. I just, you don't even think about it. I don't even, I don't even think that about you two. I don't, I don't even think of age. You just, Jeff looks a little younger and Kathy looks a little older and you just kind of look like you're about the same age. So, um, no, I think Kathy's still, maybe Jeff, maybe it's just you that looks like 10 years younger than you are <laughs> or something. I don't know. Thanks for the compliment. Glad nobody uh, can, yeah, listening I, can see me. <laughs> yeah, I just did never, I did never know that. I would never have thought that. Now Jeff does look young for his age. That's, yeah. I, I think we kind of both do actually. Yeah, but yeah, you look, you look close to the same age though. So doesn't matter it really doesn't matter and there are other things too there are other do you really need I I was so my my ex-husband I don't know if this is a good story to tell because it's not, not existing anymore but his ideal woman his entire life every girl he ever dated was five foot two brunette and I am five foot eleven blonde so when we met, it wasn't, I wasn't his first, like he, I, I wouldn't have been the first person that he would pick, have chosen out of a crowd. But I mean, he mentioned, you know, throughout the marriage many times that he was happy with what he, <laughs> what he found, what he got, but it was just never at all what he expected. So it's funny how we can let go of some of those things and anyway, still enjoy what we get. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, good. So, can you tell us a little more about the Dating Olympics and what inspired you to undertake this project? Yes, I can tell you. I, so Dating Olympics is, uh, I'm going to call it a life-changing masterclass, an online masterclass and an in-person dating experience. So it's, it's five weeks of classes or courses online and we have life coaches, you being two of them, and we have um, public speakers, we have two college professors and a marriage and family therapists, two actually that are, that are going to be part of it. And then um, all of these people working together to do the keynote speakers and to put the course content for us. Um, we'll learn about self-image and respect and all the things that we've mentioned and plus some more things. And then the last two weeks of the course, they will have the opportunity participants or Olympians will have the opportunity to um, compete for the gold or the silver or bronze medals, which are, uh, you know, monetary value, but um, it, it just makes it, it's a gamification theory. It makes it fun and motivating to do something that you're not normally comfortable doing. And they, the points that they get come from asking people on dates or accepting dates, coordinating group dates, there's, there's, just, there's a list of ways that you can get more, you can get bonus points if you ask the same person out for the second time or something like that. We can come up with all the different points system. And um, we'll probably, with this first time around, we'll probably have the, the participants 
give some ideas about what they would like to get points for, to give a challenge for them. But the idea is just to um, get over their fears, their embarrassments, their insecurities, their all this, you know, the stuff we've talked about too, about just the mindsets and and to replace these um, might maybe negative mindsets or hurdles, replace those with faith and optimism and open-mindedness and and be able to um, create the dream that dreams that we want, the dream marriage or dream whatever ideal um, relationship that we're wanting, and then um, to go about and create it. Um, so yeah, we have we have every one of the life coaches have um, different tools and techniques that they'll teach us. They'll have people do assignments, you know, a vision board and and whatnot, and helping helping with mind thoughts and all that kind of stuff, mindset. So. Um, Anyway, I, I actually have to tell you this. This is, this is actually really fun. I started this 25 years ago before I was married. I did this event for a singles group in San Diego. And it was just in the award there, singles ward. And there were 40 people that participated. And out of the 40, three couples got married. Wow. And uh, I mean, even though that was not my, it wasn't my intention at all, but Every one of them said that, I mean, everyone that participated said it was awesome and they, they definitely got through their fears. They realized that it's not that awkward. It's just fun to ask people out and, and it's okay for girls to ask guys out. That's, some of them learned that as well. Um, one of the couples told me, that one of the guys that, that ended up getting engaged told me that um, he said, I was, we were they were dating, they'd been dating for a while. And, uh, before the dating Olympics, but when he saw her having three dates a day, he said, I better grab her because I might lose her because all of these men in the ward were wanting to go out with her. And anyway, that just kind of shook things up too, where she was open to dating other people. And he just said, oh yeah, I got to grab her. So he, he, and they had been seeing each other a little bit before. There's just a lot of different um, things that people will learn, whether it's just to open up your mind or to to not be afraid of rejection so much or to, to um, be open to going out with people that you wouldn't normally go out with. Anything that would encourage us to put these things to practice will help us to just be better people all around. So it'll be fun and a way for us to get through some of those, the painful feelings of, <laughs> of being maybe left in the dark a little from, from the divorce or whatever happened. There's also, I'm sure there's widows as well and people who haven't been married yet. Um, so they're coming from all different places in that time of their year, that like that time of their life when they just have some things they wanna work through. And this is a really great way for them to do that with all the support they'll be ha having. Yeah, well, and I'm sure they'll learn a lot from each other in yeah. this process, in addition to learning from yeah. some really great coaches and speakers. And we're super excited to be giving a couple of presentations and be part of the opening and closing ceremonies. And you mentioned that this is the first round. So you plan to do more than one, correct? Well, well I, would, I, <laughs> I started this doing this, just I, I was just having the idea to do an event, one event. And then that turned into a business. Uh, I just made it Dating Olympics LLC. And um, because it has gotten grown so big and so exciting, I'm loving the, I love the event planning and, and I love rubbing shoulders with 
as coaches and <laughs> professors and therapists and all their amazing things that they can teach us. I've loved it. And so it might, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that I will, I already am planning to do another one in the spring. So it will, actually it would be called, this is the summer Olympics and that would be the winter Olympics. I'm doing them this year and then the beginning of next year around the official Olympics. Um, the Olympics this year for summer Olympics is July 23rd through August 8th. And those are the weeks that we're doing the in-person dating part. And then um, February of, of next year will be the time when they have the Winter Olympics for 2022. And so oh, we'll do another one so at that exciting. point. Exciting. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I should make that promise because I might get too overwhelmed. We'll see how this one turns around. But the next one I want to do is I'm not 100% sure on this either, but I really, when I first was thinking about it, I really wanted to open it up to all Christian. And um, this one has turned into be um, all Christian LDS, specifically LDS. But um, I think next year it will probably be open to Christian. And, and of course, including any LDS person who wouldn't mind dating people who are not of their faith. So it would just be, yeah, open to all Christians. That, that's what I'm thinking. I could change my mind on that, but that's what my heart is telling me right now. <laughs> to that's do wonderful. Well, take, we so. hope that it becomes a big thing that mid-singles look forward yeah. to and yeah. are participate in. And then as they get married, you know, as they, you know, progress in their dating relationships, there's always new mid-singles that need something yeah. like this to... <laughs> to help them out because sometimes entering the dating world can be a little overwhelming when you're yeah. mid single after being married for a while, or, or maybe if you're just kind of, you haven't been dating in a long time because you're, you've never been married and you just kind of gave up a while ago and you know, this could be a jump start. <laughs> yeah. If I could make a little pitch too, uh, like that, a couple of, a couple of things come to mind, but one is, you know, we hear all the time mid-singles complaining that, oh, the only activities out there for us are dances, and we're so sick yeah. of dances. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard that over and over again from mid-singles. And I remember the first church dance I went to after getting divorced, I just felt like a fish out of water, and I'm sitting there miserable thinking about, oh, I you know, the last one of these I went to, I was chaperoning when I was young men's president. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, I think um, this is an opportunity to do something different. And I went to yeah. other activities too, when I was a mid-single, like I've been to a couple of speed dating things. Um, and those tended to be kind of popular. And then we had, um, well, there's, TV shows now that are really popular surrounding dating too, like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and whatever. Yeah. I, I just want to tell people in, in our group that may hear this, um, don't take it too seriously. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. If you do meet someone you really like, then there's an opportunity. But it's this is a chance to sort of get out of your comfort zone a little bit and get out and meet some great people and uh, who knows where it could lead, but if nothing else, it's, you're going to learn a lot and it's going to be really enjoyable. Yes. And I love, I love that you created something comprehensive, something, yeah. and that's actually our book, Intentional Courtship is very comprehensive. The first part is about establishing peace within yourself. 
and then progressing in in the dating realm into more serious relationships as you know eventually and so i love that your program very much mirrors our ideas about how to be successful as a mid-single and find love in your later years that's why i was so excited to find you guys on facebook you referred to me i had to find to seek you out so yeah i think it'll be a fun a fun connection for correlation between the two of us and the other coaches too for sure but yeah you you and i we're doing we're doing the same stuff i love it yes i do too and we're so glad we connected thank you so much for being on lilypad today and remember it's always a good time for more love in your life we'll talk to you next time subscribe to lilypod to get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, share with those you love. For more information about our organization and services, visit loveinlateryears.com.